from the dark web to your radio dial. You are listening to CyberTalk Radio on News 1200 WOAI. Welcome to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. I'm joined this week uh, by the Executive Director of Project Quest, David Zamiello. David, thank you for joining us this week. Hey, Brett. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it very much. Absolutely. So, Project Quest here, is this uh, athletic training to go run a marathon? Or um, give us the uh, audience a little bit of background. Um, Hint for those listening and really want to hear about cybersecurity and uh, tech, it's got much more to do with that than training for a marathon. Absolutely. Thanks for the question. You know, the the idea with Quest, it it has that kind of Olympic... uh, approach to it if you think about it, but it really is around workforce development and training. So the organization's been around 25 years. Started in 1992, with the whole focus of trying to solve problems about how you put people to work and how you actually help people transition from jobs that maybe don't pay a living wage to putting them to work in jobs that pay a living wage. And so for the last 25 years, Quest uh, provides a unique set of wraparound services. I mean, we take people that are in the uh, unemployed, underemployed segment of our community uh, gather uh, services and have an opportunity to find work through certifications in IT space or in the healthcare space and put them in situations where they can uh, acquire uh, living wage uh, type jobs. Yeah, and I think uh, for those listening out there and, and thinking uh, maybe you're driving home from a job and going, you know what, I can never get into this technology stuff. I can never get into cybersecurity. It's not for me. Um, not true. Um, the cybersecurity and technology is not just for people that got a perfect SAT score and, and went to a, an Ivy League school. Cybersecurity is for uh, anyone that wants to go in uh, and apply themselves uh, to learn problem solving and to uh, you're going to just like learning for whatever job you're driving home from right now while you're listening on a 1200 WAI. That job required you to learn a set of things in order to be able to do that. Cybersecurity and the technology jobs or Project Quest maybe started back doing um, aircraft maintenance repair or uh, where did it initially get its funding? It's, it's core services around the healthcare industry. So a lot of the nursing, the LVNs, RNs type jobs, and that was really the beginning of it. If you think about in, at that time, there was a lot of manufacturing jobs here in the community. Those jobs started to evaporate in the early 90s. So with the support of organizations like the city of San Antonio, COPS Metro, and other businessmen, we created this entity called Quest to help people transition from these jobs where they actually left San Antonio to jobs that would be more relevant to this um, economy of the future. And so that is where Quest started, and that whole idea of putting people to work has been the basis for Quest. And over the last three years in particular, getting back to what your audience may be interested in, you're right, it, uh, accessibility to the training to provide those kind of jobs, the last three or four years, Quest has emphasized offering programs through Open Cloud Academy to give people the chances to gain various certifications and skills to get these type of high paying jobs. Yeah, so if you're hearing about Open Cloud Academy for the first time, we've had uh, Deborah Carter, the uh, director of that, uh, on uh, here. You can listen to the rebroadcast and replay of that program with Deborah, where she talks all about Open Cloud Academy on our podcast via iTunes or Pocket Cast on an Android device. Uh, you can also look everything up on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com. But on the Quest partnership with Open Cloud Academy, there, my understanding on that one is that y'all will uh, help out with about half of the tuition cost for open cloud absolutely and and just to elaborate for a second we have a very robust relationship with open cloud academy 
We last year between Quest and OCA, we graduated over 200 people that had various certifications. In particular, the three classes that we've offered through OCA was a network operations class, which allows us to uh, then get the Cisco Certified Network Associate, uh, the CCNA, if you would. In addition to that, the Linux administration course resulting in the Red Hat Certified Systems Administrator, which is the RHCSA, and then our cyber programs, which we have candidates that come out and they test for the COMPA Security Plus, or SEC Plus, and the Cyber uh, Security Information Systems Security Professional, the CISSP. And that has been a very, very productive relationship with Deborah and the Open Cloud Academy. And what's really interesting about that is as we recruit for that, it also allows us to reach out to our military personnel. So those types of roles, as you would imagine, having certain types of security clearances are attractive to that skills and it allows people to step into the program. And it's a very rigorous program for 11 weeks, but it gives us a chance to also provide vets an opportunity to get these type of jobs. Yeah, and, and it's uh, especially in this community, we have hundreds of folks that retire from active duty here um, every month in San Antonio, and they're not really ready to retire. And they may have uh, skills that they've gained uh, in their years of service mm-hmm. for the country, but they don't have recognized private sector certifications. This happened on the, the healthcare side as well. Uh, in the military, you would go in and become a, a nurse in the military, but you wouldn't have a, an RN or an LVN. Um, certification that would transfer to the private sector. The same thing happens in the the technology world where you could be a certified network cyber analyst inside, but that doesn't give you a Security Plus equivalent when you get out. Mm -hmm. So uh, programs like Open Cloud Academy uh, and your partnership there that's 11 weeks can allow folks to make that transition much more quickly. They don't have to get out and go to a two-year or four-year program Mm -hmm. uh, in order to be able to go back into the workforce. That's right. And I think the important part there is for your listeners that Quest itself doesn't do the training. Quest through various partnerships, so Open Cloud Academy certainly is one of our key partners in this space, but we also partner with CodeUp here in San Antonio and the San Antonio Coding Academy. And so our strategy, if you would, our, 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 we serve as an intermediary to take the trainers that provide the certifications and match them up with the individuals who are looking for those particular types of skills. OCA just has the more robust relationship right now and does a, a great job for us. Yeah, and if you're in our active duty or uh, retired military and you're listening and thinking about some of these things, uh, CODEUP is also uh, GI Bill eligible uh, there. So if you've got uh, dollars available to you, you can go on that and get into uh, software development uh, through a very intensive uh, multi-month program there. But again, it's not having to go for multiple years to be able to get new skills uh, or get an industry private sector recognized certification uh, to be able to go take those skills and uh, show an employer on the private sector side that you're qualified and ready for a role. And, and individuals that may are considering this, if they come out to our website, they can see our offerings on that. But the other thing I think is really important to note that the three or four that we just talked about, there is your two-year associate's degrees that you get through St. Phillips and you get through the San Antonio College. So again, our partnerships are very robust and will help fit the individual to whatever program meets their particular needs and uh, whether it's OCA or code up or one of the uh, Alamo Community Colleges and so our job is to support them through that process so your listeners can take this as a way there's options and so if there's something that you want to pursue there's many different ways we can help you 
you reach your goals. Yeah, and this is uh, it's all about yeah accessibility and um, helping the folks make those transitions. So you mentioned a, a Project Quest website. If they've uh, been hanging out listening here on their drive home for a moment, yes, it is at uh, www.questsa.org. Yeah, Go and pop over, take a look. Yeah, and if you you put into your search engine bar Project Quest San Antonio, it's going to show up somewhere there near the top. And if if not, click on the real link so that we can help train the search engines better, so it does show up that way. So uh, you said that the organization's been around for 25 years so David how long have you been involved and how did you start your your journey there with Project Quest it's a fascinating uh, story there I've been with Quest a whopping five weeks right now and to kind of back up for a second a little bit of my background of how I came here and why I'm at Quest while we're having this conversation today is I spent 32 years at USAA last 20 as an executive retired in December uh, December of 2016 with the idea of doing something like this. My background at USA spanned a couple of different disciplines. One was IT. So in my early days as, uh, in IT, I spent uh, time as an IT architect, as a database designer. The last part of my time there was in system security that we called that back in the late 80s, early 90s, and actually had a stint in a role where we were writing uh, access rules for our, day, our mainframe, which was ACF2 and RACF type work and doing physical and data security control uh, processes. So I had a little bit of that time and then right when the industry took off and went to distributed processing, I, can't, I stepped out of IT. So uh, spent about 10 years in the technical side of the business, had a middle part of the career there that I was in human resources and that was more recruiting, talent management, workforce planning. So I had a background in that. And when I decided to uh, retire from USAA, I had the idea that I was gonna take some time off, but work at some point down the road. That lasted about three or four months, and in March of this past year, I was approached about Quest and asked if uh, I would be uh, interested in looking at the opportunity. To be honest, at that time, I had not heard of Quest. I didn't know what Quest did, which was to my surprise, and said, let me look into it. And as I got a little more familiar with the mission, the background, so I really became intrigued by what they do for the things we're talking about today, giving people opportunities to change their lives and go to work. And so with the, my background from a technical standpoint along from a human resources standpoint, uh, went through the process and uh, on June 26th, I showed up for the first time and the job and I said five weeks into it and uh, I certainly couldn't be happier. I think the challenge, the needs of our community need uh, organizations like Quest doing what they do. And I think some of the, the programs and the way we're doing things, there's opportunities to further scale and, and, and take this to a, a whole different level. And you know, I think Quest has a lot to be proud of over the last 25 years of what it's done for our community, especially with the support of the city and COPS Metro and other organizations. And now, as we know, the, the economy has changed and the type of jobs that are out there. And, and, and we see San Antonio as a, certainly a hotbed for IT and for cyber type jobs. The demand is certainly outpacing the supply and organizations like Quest are trying to step into the breach with other partners and say, how do you create different channels to deliver this talent to these organizations that need that kind of skill set? Yeah. So you're listening to 1200 WAI. Uh, this is Cyber Talk Radio. I'm your host, and I'm joined this week by David Zemiello, the executive director of Project Quest. Uh, if you've uh, just tuned in, um, you can catch the rebroadcast and replay of this uh, full program on Tuesday. We will post it online on our website on www.cybertalkradio.com. Uh, David's covered the uh, overview and background of uh, Project Quest starting here 25 years ago to uh, help uh, develop talent uh, in the San Antonio area, um, to help uh, folks from 
uh, all education levels and all backgrounds uh, get into jobs that uh, pay a living wage uh, that can allow you to uh, raise a family and enjoy your life here in our uh, great city of San Antonio. Specifically, just before that, you were talking to me about these cyber jobs, and uh, this is one that's come up here a, a number of times as we focus on that industry here with this program. There's somewhere between three and 500,000 jobs posted out across the U.S. right now on cyber. Um, and my real belief on that is that there's more like 2 million or 3 million job openings that the other folks are just not posting them because they know they can't actually even get someone to fill it. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is one uh, just where we're still at the, the beginning of this cyber curve. If you go out there uh, across America to... Um, small businesses, uh, there's things like HIPAA, which has started to ask doctors to put medical records into digital formats. If you go to your local doctor's office, chances are you're still going to see that big wall of folders there. Uh, so as all of these businesses need to move from paper records, and they even have regulatory mandates to go do it, there's not the staff or the people, so they just keep going back. The um, different trade associations are telling the regulatory bodies in many cases like we can't actually make this happen um, and this is all the way down to an individual doctor's office all the way up to the hospitals on the the healthcare side of things it's just not feasible because there isn't the workforce available to make the transition in, in a safe and secure manner right now uh, so as all of these paper records and all of our paper business processes move into uh, technology-based services the number of jobs, uh, keeping things safe, writing those access control lists, managing that, dealing with all of the exceptions and things that uh, come up every day is like everyone likes to think of there's a way to make every process consistent and normal. Um, and maybe if you're a Toyota down at the uh, plant and you're running the same truck off an assembly line, you can. But as soon as you get out um, into many business processes, they're never going to be that clean and refined. And there's going to be roles in these cyber jobs uh, for at least the next 20 years or 30 years, 50 years probably, as we, we think at, at the evolution and pace of industries. Absolutely, and I think the thing that, uh, from a Quest standpoint, is really trying to understand uh, and clarify that demand, because as you know, you just said, this cuts across many different industries, so it's not focusing strictly on what's the cyber demand from a financial services industry or a banking industry or manufacturing industry. It's, it's across the board there. And I think one of the opportunities for us to get better, and especially locally, is to better understand what those demand jobs look like so we can quantify them. And then if I, I use the term, then work backwards to make sure our pipeline is robust enough so the talent is arriving at the right pace to meet those demands. And as I look at this, I think there's still an opportunity for that. But if, if, there's, if there's organizations that are certainly looking to fill jobs, they should contact us, take a look at what we're doing, because we've just finished our third cohort and class group. We've had great success. We'll, we'll probably produce with each class, give or take, 14, 15, or 16 graduates that are ready to hit the ground running. We just finished up our third cohort group. And so there's opportunities that if an employer's out there looking, maybe they haven't been creative to think, where do I go find this particular talent? This is another channel that maybe is off the traditional path to find the talent. And it helps us better get an understanding of what those target demands are. We can work back. We, we, we intend in 2018 to certainly open the aperture up uh, with our partnership, let's say, with OCA and others and bring more classes to the forefront. And with each class, we're producing anywhere from 18 or so, as I said, 
but that's just one part. And I think that if we can better understand demand across these industries, we can do a better job of matching supply up there because I think the talent is there, especially as organizations like the military continue to transition, there's going to be talent for those individuals looking for these opportunities and we have a nice fit. But there's work to be done. I, I wouldn't kid you. Just, you're right. The, the, the demand curve is going up. Supply is definitely not keeping pace with that. And we're trying to step into that breach and say, how do you better mitigate some of that? Yeah. So if you have projects on hold, uh, if you haven't posted a job because you were like, yeah, I could put an ad up, but I'm never going to get the right candidate. Here's a, a chance to proactively go out um, from a recruiting and an HR and a leadership perspective at the your business to build a relationship with Project Quest. Let them know what skills and knowledge and um, processes that folks need to be able to uh, do to for you to employ them, and then. This is your chance to have a talent and workforce development arm out there for you as a business, for you as a business community uh, to fill those roles so that you're not posting jobs and waiting for six months to get the right candidate and having your business growth stall because you can't take on new projects for potential clients and all the things that happen when uh, you don't have the people available inside of your company that you, you need to execute. As a matter of fact, if any of your listeners are really in that mode right now, we have what we're calling a meet and greet coming up on August 30th. They can go to that website that I mentioned earlier for the Quest website to sign to find a location. And we have about 10 or 12 individuals that are ready to roll right now and step into jobs. And that's our third cohort group. So we have talent out there that if you're interested, we certainly would want to have that conversation with you. Going out to, to work with Project Quest, if I'm an employer, uh, what fees do you charge me? Do you charge me per person you sign up? Or how does this whole relationship as an employer, if I'm going to contact Project Quest, how does that work? You know, Brett, the unique thing is there's no fees involved with this. Uh, if you think about it, some uh, you'll find some uh, search uh, companies that there's a fee base. But the thing about Quest is we're producing the talent, putting them to work. So if, uh, if you have an employer that's looking for an opportunity, we have the talent and it's it's no fees based at all right now. And you know, while I'm thinking about that, we've had great partnerships with many employers here in the community. And so we're very thankful for the work and support that we've gotten from the USAAs of the world, from CPS, from the 22nd Century Technology Company, IP Secure, Rackspace. They have been, they've benefited from our graduates and I think they would provide a good testimonial to the type of talent that's being produced through our various uh, our various classes and, and again the beautiful thing is that if an employer is looking for that kind of talent the, they can uh, have access to it and not have any additional fees associated with it yeah i know in, in my time as an executive at rackspace we hired uh, many folks that went through uh, project quest uh, backed training programs uh, into the uh, division that i ran there so on the the current curriculum for Project Quest. So you've got these cyber programs in boot camp, but um, we are on just general AM radio here as well as we'll be out on the internet um, on iHeart, but also back on podcasts and things in the future uh, for replays. But for those listening out there, if they're interested in back to your start at Project Quest in an LVN or RN, is Project Quest still helping folks uh, get those type of certifications in the healthcare space? Yes. Uh, the, that particular industry is our cornerstone. And as I mentioned earlier, that's really where Quest had its impact over the last 25 years. But as we looked at the changing landscape of the marketplace and demand, the last three or four years, we started to shift some of our focus to the IT space in general and cybersecurity. That was really triggered. If you, we go back a little bit, we received a grant from the Department of Labor. It was referred to as the DOL IT grant. 
and that grant gave us uh, the funding resources to really develop the program that we're talking about today. And that's a key thing about how Quest does its business, that we do have a dependency and reliance on investors, if you would, who want to offer us. And so the, our, the city of San Antonio has been a great supporter of Quest uh, through its investments along with our county and, as I said just now, our Department of Labor. And that funding allowed us to really create the program that we're talking about today and allow us to have the opportunity to, to serve those participants that I'm talking about. Yeah, so you have some public sector funding. Uh, do you have private sector funding as well? That Yes, we do, but that is still a work in progress for us. I think as we've gone forward and we look at the opportunities to scale Quest services, the idea of bringing other business partners into uh, our fold is, is an objective for us. And again, we're very grateful and thankful for all the public center, sector funding that we've had. But I think businesses, the business community is starting to take note of these opportunities. And part of our going forward proposition is to show them the return on investment and bring them in to help support the programs. Yeah. Well, and if, if they're getting their money matched with some public sector dollars, it helps their money go further. Uh, so if you uh, were a private sector uh, foundation or you're a, an employer out here that wants to contribute to Project Quest, uh, do you have any activities coming up the second half of this year where... Um, they can reach out and get involved. Yeah, there is. Um, this is our 25th silver anniversary. So Quest was, as I said, uh, actually July was our uh, official birthday. Our main event, if you would, is coming up this November 8th. And we're having a, a lunch in downtown at the Grand Hyatt. Our mayor, Ron Nuremberg, has uh, will, is graciously uh, given his time to be part of that and support the, the program. And I think his uh, belief around workforce and economic development, uh, he wants to... Uh, offer his uh, words of support. So November 8th at the Grand Hyatt, again, you go back to our website and you can find the information about that. We're beginning to socialize that more on various social media platforms. And that becomes an opportunity for the business community and for all walks of their community to come together and, and take time out to look at what Quest has done and to then allow a, a chance to uh, show uh, what we want to do going forward and, and really solicit some of the support that we're talking about. And that is, uh, that's a big deal for us. And so we're very excited about that coming up, and I think there's a, an opportunity there for, for folks that maybe aren't as familiar with Quest to have a chance to take a look at us. We're getting ready here to uh, head into the bottom of the hour break for news, traffic, and weather. If you've recently uh, tuned in on the dial, you're listening to Cyber Talk Radio. Uh, I'm the host, Brett Pyatt. I'm here joined this week by David Zamiello, the executive director of Project Quest. They're helping uh, develop our cyber workforce here in the uh, greater San Antonio area. In the first half of the program, covered a big overview of their history. This is their 25th year, uh, and they've not been doing cyber the whole time, but it's uh, one of the programs now over the last few years that's really starting to ramp up for them as the uh, economy and jobs are starting to change. In the second half of this program, uh, after the break, uh, you'll be able to hear all the details of the different uh, background skills, qualifications they're looking for, as well as then uh, what happens in each of the different programs uh, so that you can go from where you are today, maybe uh, working in a uh, retail job in a, a big box store, thinking about, man, I, I really would love to have a, a career in IT and technology and cybersecurity. And uh, through Project Quest uh, and the educational options they've got, those things can happen for you. You're listening to... 1200 WAI. We will be right back.
Welcome back to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Byatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. I'm joined this week by David Zamiello, the executive director of Project Quest. If you are joining us here after that news traffic and weather update, again, thank you, David, for coming out and joining us here on CyberTalk Radio. You bet. So uh, we had promised the uh, the folks there before the break, if they uh, hung around with us, that we were going to deep dive into what does this uh, curriculum look like. Um, and, and if you uh, go to questsa.org and uh, you learn about these and you apply for one and get accepted into one of these programs, what will you be doing? You know, I think that uh, as I kind of walk you through that answer there, it's important to take a step back and, and look at the, the, the boot camp itself. So the cyber boot camp, the origin around that whole boot camp was when when the need was established, the, there was an opportunity to look at these different type of jobs. The collaboration and partnership with Rackspace, with USAA, and with uh, eventually Open Cloud Academy was where the whole idea became uh, evident that we needed some work. And that collaborative effort really resulted in what we're calling the cyber curriculum and then uh, looking to open the Cloud Academy to be the vehicle to deliver that. So a shout out to the original folks who really gave the thought about what is the kind of content that goes into this boot camp. The boot camp itself is 11 weeks long. It's a very rigorous uh, course and we talked about earlier in the program the type of individuals that would fit in this kind of program. Uh, Because of the nature of the work, those in the military that have security clearances are uh, attractive to the program, but we don't e- recruit exclusively for those type of individuals. Anyone who has uh, a, a background in IT and has the desire to learn about these particular uh, programs is welcome to come into our recruitment process. We'll say this though, from the recruitment standpoint, we do look, as I said, for the security clearance, not a showstopper, but also an individual's depth around their own IT or cyber experience. And then as any other job, uh, background check would be making sure they meet the qualifications and have the, the background to then actually go into the program. So that sets up you know, the, the whole context of what the cyber program is about. When you get into the curriculum itself and as we put people in and we do a very rigorous assessment, we're looking at do they have CompTIA, Net Plus, or Net Plus equivalent, and, and to be admitted in the class. And also what's important to note is if you don't, Open Cloud Academy does offer these free classes to get that uh, prerequisite, if you will, before you step into the course. The boot camp curriculum itself, though, is a combination of cybersecurity fundamentals, cybersecurity for network security administration, IT auditor and risk management. We have an element of the program around ethical hacking, penetration testing, and securing wireless networks. And as a result of going through those 11 weeks, an individual coming out of the program will also receive the certification of Security Plus and the, or the CISSP, which are both very successful uh, parts of the program. Yeah, and so as David's saying that these are uh, industry-relevant certifications, um, that's uh, true for certain. So going uh, back in my history, uh, I started off uh, getting a, a, C- a CCNA, a Cisco Certified Network Associate certification uh, to date myself a little bit. Uh, when I got that Cisco Certified Network Associate, they sent you a T-shirt along with your certificate. Uh, so this was, I think they made 10,000 of these T-shirts for the first 10,000 people to, uh, to go get that CCNA certification. And then uh, when I received my CISSP, uh, I was right on the, the cutoff cusp um, so initially, uh, the CISSP, the first 
um, really early group and some of my friends uh, that I, I colleagues that I'd worked with they sent it on a, a wood lacquered plaque was your CISSP came like a, a college graduation uh, certificate and I got mine a few months because they offered the test I think two or three times a year mm-hmm. uh, back then and I, I received mine uh, just after that and it came in like a nice high school graduation style kind of folio a leather uh, folio and then inside there was a certificate um, and then uh, we had some folks that took it again about a year later and by that point it was in a uh, FedEx style photo envelope of like please don't bend this but no more folio no more lacquered plaque because uh, they the CISSP really um, from uh, back in the early 2000s uh, grew up into this solid proof that uh, you knew a wide variety of security domains because uh, one of the things we were talking about a little bit off the air uh, during our break was cybersecurity is a huge domain. Uh, like if you go into uh, NIST and you look at how they define cybersecurity and they define all the jobs and roles for cybersecurity, it's not just uh, one thing. Like if you're watching Mr. Robot on TV or um, you've watched uh, Hackers the movie or these things, there's a very wide variety of roles in cybersecurity all the way from hands-on technical penetration testing and security pieces that through to policy planning process um, risk management risk prevention all of these tie into a a cyber team uh, and you have to have all the members of a team across all of those domains in in order to build a successful cyber organization Uh, just like any other uh, team and organization it's not just all about one role or one person you know, what's funny about that or interesting about that is uh, dating myself back to when I came into this industry back in the mid-80s, I was so proud when I received what we called the CCP back then. I was a certified computing professional, and it had elements of the things we're talking about today, but it was so general in nature, and the skill sets required today, as you said, the specialization because of what's going on uh, is so critical to successfully kind of running the business, and I think that's where, again, our programs allow that specialization to take place and build a portfolio of skills to deal with the the challenges of today's IT space. Yeah, so for the the general programs uh, with the Open Cloud Academy, if you're there and you're working with uh, Project Quest, um, that one's a tuition sharing, but on this cyber program that they can go to questsa.org and apply for, my understanding, you get into this program, it's a full 100% paid scholarship. That's exactly right, Brett, it's a full scholarship. And as we were talking about at the earlier, the top of the program, in addition to the cyber, the two broader IT programs around uh, the network operations class, which gives you the uh, certification for your CCNA or the other one for the Red Hat certified, those are uh, tuition shared programs in addition to what we're talking about cyber, but cyber is a full tuition-based program. Yeah, so so you get into this program um, and you're going for uh, 11 weeks uh, and you, you said you, you cover this wide variety of content um, over that that course of uh, 11 weeks so um, I know you guys also do some work with some of the uh, uh, community colleges in, in Alamo area community colleges here uh, from a, a comparison for folks to understand this 11 weeks is that one semester worth of normal like a, a taking one credit hour or is that like really the 11 weeks it's kind of the equivalent of a full class load that's the way I, I would actually equate it to the 11 weeks and what you come out to is comparable to in some cases what you may get from your full associates. I mean, broader from the associate's degree, but the, the workload itself is pretty rigorous and pretty intense. So if you're carrying a full load in the semester, let's call it 15, 18 hours, it's probably very similar to it, but it's, it's compressed, it's intense. Uh, you have to be really focused if you're going to get into the program. And we try to prepare 
our recruits that says if you're going to step into this, you really have to be prepared to put the time and effort into it to be successful. And, and that's why the assessment piece on the front end to make sure that individuals really have an understanding of it. What's also important to note is we're talking about this from a technical perspective, but what, what also runs parallel to that is the work we do with our participants to make sure they are ready for the job market. So there's an element of soft skills uh, training that goes on, job preparation, resume writing, and, and doing the things that allow them to not just be technically proficient and ready to roll into the marketplace, but have the interpersonal skills, if you would, to help them sell their, their services and, and skills to potential employers. And while I'm thinking about it, we talked about potential employers earlier. So for your listeners, if you do have those jobs that we were talking about earlier, I'm going to give you a, a quick uh, inside tip. If you will write to Susan O at questa, questsa.org, again, Susan O at questsa.org, and you have a particular job that you're looking to fill or you have a particular idea you want to share about your particular needs, if you'll write Susan, she is uh, focused on this particular topic and we'll make sure she gets back to you and, and we'll take all kinds of input. I mean, it takes many different ideas to help solve the problem here. We're trying to collect all those. So again, Susan O at questsa.org, you'll be doing us a great favor. We'd appreciate that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they can't develop the right programs if they don't get the right feedback. So please, yeah, let them know if you're like saying, you know what, that piece about the ethical hacking we need you to double down on that and we need the folks coming out not with a security plus but they need to come out with a certified ethical hacker certification if that's the case and that would be more helpful to you for the the skills and roles you're looking to hire maybe if you're running a, a group that's doing uh, some of the offensive cyber activities uh, that there are missions around that either for penetration testing so people um, having their own organization hacked by people that are ethical so the the good guys can find the flaws before the bad guys do or uh, if you're on a, an offensive cyber mission uh, as part of uh, our Department of Defense. And the other part I would add to that is help us look ahead. Uh, the, the industry is changing so much, and, and those folks on the front line certainly have a better appreciation for the type of things we're talking about here, but uh, also looking ahead a little bit, giving us a chance to anticipate what those particular needs would be because we certainly have the capability to then customize curriculum through our various partners to help meet those particular demands. And that's where the whole thing comes full circle, that if, if we can partner like that and gather those requirements, it'll allow us to be better to set up those training programs to meet those needs. But looking ahead is really important that uh, we certainly could benefit from that. Yeah. So this uh, 11 weeks is all day, every day or night classes. Uh, how does how does that work during the, that 11 week program? It is just like you're going to a full time job. I mean, it is literally an all-day proposition that you're there for your, your eight or ten hours, and there is homework to be done and uh, side uh, projects to be done. So it's a fully committed uh, proposition here, just like you're uh, working and going to school. It's something you just got to stay with. And, it's, it, again, a very intense 11 weeks that you have to be all in. Yeah, so block off your calendars. Uh, watch all those episodes of your favorite TV show before the 11-week starts or save them up until after it's done. But uh, during that that 11-week period to get through and get the all the information in and processed and then to be able to pass those tests at the end, um, it's it's one where uh, I recommend, as, as David is saying, to go through and uh, really spend that time um, and spend the – the hours you have there with access to the facilities, with access to the instructors, with access to your, your peer group um, in group learning uh, to take uh, advantage of that fully. And Brett, the other thing I'd say to that, that's exactly right, but the other part about 
working with our participants to, to look ahead for their job prospects. I can tell you from the, we've ran, uh, this is, uh, we've completed three full classes. Actually, we've completed two, the third's about to graduate in September 1st. And so if you think about it from this standpoint, our first class, we had 13 graduates. 11 of those were employed coming right out of class. And uh, that was a very successful. They landed in organizations like IP Secure, CPS Energy, Rackspace, USA. Our second class had 14 graduates. They just graduated in mid-June, and 11 were employed and a few are in process. So you can see our placement rate is extremely successful. And the class that we mentioned earlier, the, our third class, is going to graduate here in September. And if you have employers out there that are interested in looking for those particular skills, as I mentioned, we have a, a meet and greet coming up on August 30th to look at that particular talent. But the placement rates, and I will tell you that the uh, from a compensation standpoint, the, uh, we talked about living wages. There certainly is a marketplace that would make this a very uh, lucrative, if you would, opportunity from a job standpoint to, to take care of your families. And certainly those companies are paying uh, very well for those positions. Yeah. Have any of your employers released the average salary data yet? Not that I've seen. Probably wouldn't be something I would talk about on the radio here yeah. today. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say as an employer here in this market, um, for folks with the, the qualifications and skills coming out of there, um, there's a, a very good chance, even if this is your, your first real full-time IT job, if you're learning these skills and transitioning in, that you're going to be making uh, above the uh, median salary in San Antonio as an individual. Um, and as you progress in this, uh, folks with... Uh, a CISSP, the full certification, and three years uh, to in order to get fully certified as a CISSP and not just a CISSP mm -hmm. associate, uh, most of those folks are making in the six-figure range. And I'll elaborate. Uh, when you think about our, we said our cornerstone services around the healthcare industry with our nursing profession, most individuals that complete those programs will experience somewhere in the neighborhood of over 280% increase in, in uh, their salary from where they were pre-quest to post-quest. I can say in our cyber programs and IT programs, the, uh, the, the transition from what your compensation was coming out of the program is, as you said, uh, even higher than that. Yeah, no, and, and this is, is one as well. You're not only moving into a job, I believe, that has uh, good pay, um, good, fun, creative work, uh, can be challenging and stressful at times, just like everything else, but uh, also has a long uh, career trajectory ahead of it as technology is changing uh, many industries, and we talked about this a little bit. Uh, maybe this may have been off air as well. Uh, just about healthcare and and digital medical records going into healthcare, and with that, um, every healthcare provider is going to need to have people that understand cybersecurity so that they can keep the digital medical records uh, safe and secure. Because mm -hmm. uh, moving from those paper files that we all see when we walk into the doctor's office to digital records creates a whole new set of risks uh, for each of those doctor's offices, uh, medical groups, or uh, hospitals to uh, to have to deal with to keep um, all of our confidential and private information as individuals um, in that healthcare system safe. Yeah, it's one thing to note that uh, part of what drives Quest Focus is the, the term demand occupation. So we have a chance to work with other organizations to say what are the key demand occupations and, and we drive our resources to build pipelines to meet those particular needs and it's safe to say that in the IT and cyber space from a demand occupation standpoint as we talked about the, the hundreds of thousands of jobs that is the leading trending demand occupation out there and as we said we probably could not uh, do enough to, to meet those needs but that fo that's where Quest focuses on what does the businesses need? And, and IT, cyber certainly has shown it in the last four years to be the key demand occupation. 
Yeah, I mean, we have uh, over 100 cybersecurity companies headquartered in San Antonio, and uh, many of them uh, work for the uh, Department of Defense uh, as a private company contracting for them. Um, IP Secure, we've had uh, some of the folks from there on the program before. If you want to learn a little bit more about them, um, you can go to www.cybertalkradio.com or you can uh, look up on uh, iTunes podcasts, uh, Pocket Cast on your Android device or our YouTube channel as well. Um, and you can learn some more about some of the cyber companies that are uh, headquartered here in San Antonio. Um, it, you don't necessarily see them with big signs along the freeway. Um, you, you've got large employers that have large IT security teams like a USAA, and you see them or a rack space on uh, I-35 or I-10 here uh, in the area. But uh, all of these uh, other companies that are spread out all across town are looking for folks with these cyber skills, and as uh, they're able to uh, add people with the skills like a Project Quest program can give them, uh, it gives those uh, companies an opportunity to go grow their business and uh, acquire more customers and do do more uh, to help uh, businesses out there that won't uh, employ their own full-time cyber staff themselves. And that's what makes this a little bit of a unique conversation because you can look at certain industries and you can kind of fence off and say this is a banking industry job uh, that is, but in the IT cyberspace, it cuts across all those different industries which makes it in some ways challenging to peg what's the actual demand unless you work horizontally and, and really kind of tap in these various employers, which we try to do to better understand you know, what that demand is. And you can't look at just one particular industry and say what, what I did because it cuts across all these different businesses. Yeah, I mean, name, name an industry now that's not using computers. We're going to have a lot of dead air. There's not going to be not going to be much of a conversation there. I mean, there's a uh, I mean a startup here in San Antonio that's uh, uh, working on um, it doing um, computer-based uh, routing of dump trucks. So, like even getting into big, heavy physical machinery, um, that type of stuff is moving off of paper clipboards and paper scheduling into um, real-time managed software networks with technology built by companies like Dauber and and others. So this is. Um, you go into uh, there's a, another startup here like looking at the uh, cattle industry and cattle auctions so like all the way down into ranching and construction into everything um, cybersecurity and technologies uh, going to impact uh, all of that absolutely and I think that the, the other piece of that is uh, the right now as we're speaking and talking on, on the program today that uh, what the whole uh, cyber program has done we're recruiting as we speak so I think that's important for your listeners to understand we've talked about the, the curriculum we've talked about getting into the program but we probably haven't hit enough on the fact that as we speak right now we are actively recruiting and so if you are in one of those uh, particular businesses that we we're talking about earlier have an interest in it uh, please look us up because we're ready to kind of get that next class going and we have a, a strong demand so we certainly want to reach out and have individuals that have that interest be aware of us and, and, and work with us. Yeah. So you're listening to Cyber Talk Radio on 1200 WAI. Uh, if you are just joining us now on the program, uh, you can catch the rebroadcast of this on iTunes Podcast, Pocket Casts, or on our YouTube channel uh, on the Tuesday uh, after we've uh, aired this program. Uh, you can also catch uh, past programs. Uh, so if you've never heard of a, a drop test, if you don't know what one is, um, you can uh, look that up and uh, hear a great story from uh, Tom DeSott as he uh, goes through some of the, the human hacking and social engineering side of things and all the, the tricks that hackers will uh, try to pull um, to get into different organizations' computer systems. And uh, these are the things that you'll learn in a, a Project Quest uh, cyber camp. It's not necessarily just about 
um, how to configure all the technical things. It's you also have to learn a little bit to think like the hacker so that you do know which technical things to configure and how and what to go to go look for. So David, I, I know you you had mentioned that and we had talked that this uh, Project Quest uh, backed cyber boot camp, it's 11 week technical certification and training program is 100% paid. So the folks that get in, it's a scholarship to this program. Um, where they don't have any tuition or books or, or any upfront fees. They need to be able to show up and uh, go all day, every day for 11 weeks. With the, these type of uh, programs and classes that I've seen offered elsewhere are in the $10,000 plus range. Yeah, it, it's definitely a significant investment uh, financially. And so our participants who are fortunate enough to get in the program, it's the equivalent of receiving a, a scholarship to the tune of fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars to help them get through the to get through the program, and so it's not insignificant, and and so certainly the benefit. But I think the trade-off is the intensity of the program, the investment on the back end. You're getting a chance to do the creative work you're talking about, important work, but also have an opportunity to have a very lucrative uh, career. Yeah. So yeah, for those of you thinking about applying for this, or um, if you're you're thinking about like, what am I really getting? Am I getting a, a great value if I do get into this program? Or is this something that I could have just gone and paid $500 and gone to something uh, like a, some online learning camp myself online? That's not what this is. This is a very high-quality program with uh, amazing instructors. Um, some of the, the folks I know, we've had uh, some folks from Open Cloud Academy um, on the program before. Um, they've won Teacher of the Year um, before. They've gone into technical training and certification. So these are folks that know um, technical uh, training um, up at Open Cloud, uh, but they also just know education curriculum and um, all sorts of uh, uh, broad background into cyber and into how to uh, teach folks uh, and help you as a student in the program uh, really learn. And we all know the, the quality of the educator that you're working with uh, really drives the student outcomes inside of a program. And these are, are world-class teachers. I think we're really thankful to have them here in San Antonio and um, be able to have uh, programs like this cyber boot camp with uh, Project Quest backing uh, to, to keep them here and to have them teaching uh, folks that are lucky enough to get in. And the other thing is, that, as you said, it's a hands-on experience. So there's uh, not any distance type learning or uh, online. I mean, you're going to be in the classroom with those instructors and they're going to be coaching all the way through it. And so the time investment they're making, you know, for those that are interested, is you're, you're in the class, you're being coached by the, those experts, but it's, it's hands-on, on the ground, being involved with it. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I believe in the, uh, the program uh, enough uh, myself, not on the, the cyber one, but my uh, son went through the uh, network ops uh, program up at, at Open Cloud Academy. He's working in the, the tech industry here in San Antonio uh, now himself. And so I think as we kind of think about uh, what's next for Quest and all this, uh, I can't emphasize enough uh, employer involvement. And as we uh, kind of think about what's going to happen going into our next uh, next year, is the more employer involvement that we can get and we've like i said we've had great support from the rack space in usa and other organizations if you're out there listening and you're one of those employers and you've got an idea i can't stress enough that we would certainly value from having your input into our process how to further this program and then the other thing is there's other ways to get involved is we have our major event coming up on november 8th which is our annual lunch and i mentioned that earlier but from providing the financial support for Quest to continue to expand the programs, I would certainly encourage uh, your listeners and those to take a note of that, uh, find out more information about that. 
and certainly if the if you have the opportunity to come on down join us on november 8th i think there's a lot to learn you'll see the program and we'd certainly appreciate the financial investments to help us continue to expand the programs yeah uh yeah come here our uh, new mayor uh, ron nurnberg uh, talk about workforce development and talk about project quest and about workforce development and um, probably with this 25 years of uh, success uh, for uh, Project Quest uh, helping our community uh, really keep up with uh, building and growing in key industries. So, Brad, I just want to tell you thank you guys for the opportunity to spend uh, some time telling our story. Uh, hopefully, your listeners found uh, some value and some and made it informative. But we appreciate the uh, the opportunity to share. Thank you very yeah. much. Thank you for uh, joining us this week, and uh, look forward to uh, getting you at least one student in your next cohort out of uh, our listening audience. Awesome. Thanks, man. <laughs>